Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, listeners, and thank you for joining Be Free Ministries NC Live. It is such a pleasure to come into your home, to come into your office, your car, your church or ministry, wherever you may be at this time. It is such a pleasure to share the word of the Lord with you. And tonight, oh, my goodness, <laughs> what a surprise at the word that the Lord gave me for tonight. But I'm also very excited because God God is, is doing a new thing upon the earth, and he is manifesting his glory. He is showing himself strong. He is just going to bring a sweeping across this nation. We may not see it yet, but there are they are the there are signs of the time. I'm I'm telling you if you are open to the spirit of God and and open to what God is doing and open to the voice of God and studying your word and praying, God is doing some things in the heavenlies in in these last and evil days and it will behoove us to get in the flow of God, to get in the know of God, <laughs> so we know what God is doing, so we understand what God is doing, so that we won't be afraid or intimidated or shy away from some of the um, things that are occurring um, in our world today. There's a lot going on, as I say often, especially these last few shows. I've been saying it's a lot going on, and it is. There's a lot going on in our world from um, race relations to foreign affairs to what's happening in our country with different natural disasters and murders, killings. Um, going on throughout our country, you know, people are being massed, uh, killed in mass waves. Um, just what happened in Las Vegas has been, what, a week, a little over a week now, um, or going into two weeks, excuse me. And then what happened in Florida, I think it was about a year ago at the Pulse nightclub. And I'm not in favor of everyone's lifestyle, but I am in favor of life, and no one should be killed or murdered for ridiculous reasons. No one should be murdered at all. Let me just say that. Nobody should be killed or murdered at all. Um, and that was just, you know, it's just a lot going on in our world, like I said. And so it's a praying time. It's a time for us to be in the flow of what God is doing. It's time for us to have our ear to the to the mouth of God so that we hear what he is saying and then have our heart open so that we will understand what God is saying and being able and be able to flow with God and move when God says move and do what God says do and say what God says say and pray when God says pray and study this particular scripture, this particular chapter, this book when God is speaking because he is speaking in these last and evil days. I'm telling you, God is always talking. He is definitely a talking God. And as as the uh, the old the uh, New Testament says, though they who have those who have an ear hear Listen, be attentive to what the Spirit (laughs) is saying to the church. Let me tell you, have your heart, get your heart open, your ears open to hear and know what the Spirit of God is saying to his church. Amen, amen. We are on. We are upon such an apostolic and prophetic move of God. It's just not even... It is so real and it's so tangible, and I sense it so strongly in the spirit that we are on just the cusp 
type of a prophetic and apostolic move. And we, 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 we who are sons and daughters of God really need to be attentive to what the Spirit of God is saying. We need to have our, I'm going to say our ears and our heart open to what God is saying and to what God is doing, because God is moving. He may be moving quietly right now, but let me tell you something. God is moving. He is shifting things in the atmosphere. He is rearranging some things, and he is going to turn things upside down. Let me tell you, things are going to be set in order. And for those of us who are sons and daughters of God, we need to to, to be in the flow of what God is doing so that we will not miss this season, so we will not miss this move, so that we will not be set on the back burner of what God is doing. Amen. So we we just, again, need to get in the flow, get in the flow of God, not in the flow of what's going on in this world. Get in the flow of God. We are affected by what goes on in our world because we live here. We, you know, what happened, you know, in Las Vegas, I'm like, man, I mean, you feel that these natural disasters that have people displaced and that are, that have, have, have taken the lives of people, we feel that because that is occurring in our world. And so we pray for our sisters and brothers across the water in Puerto Rico, you know, we, or, or down south in Puerto Rico, we pray for our sisters and brothers who have been affected by floodwaters because of hurricanes. You know, we pray for the families and the victims of the um, the Las Vegas incident, the Las Vegas shooting. You know, I don't want to diminish what happened in Las Vegas by calling it an incident. It was a, a it was a a, a um, a killing, it was a murdering, you know, of innocent lives. And so we are moved and touched by that. And it's, you know, our responsibility as women and men of God to pray, to intercede, to be comfort, uh, encouragement for those who are suffering in our world, you know, for us to be a voice of, of God's love and of God's peace and of God's comfort, and also to offer financial support in order to help the victims regain, uh, you know, their lives, you know, their home and car and things to help them live daily in their lives. So we have that responsibility as sons and daughters of God, but just as citizens of this world, we have that responsibility. Amen. Amen. And so I am going to go right into our teaching. I think it's going to be a fairly short teaching tonight. God wants me to highlight a few things that go in the flow of what he is doing um, in this season and the lives of the men and women of God, just in the lives of of, of all of us, actually, just the the flow of God right now in this season. So I'm going to share some things that the Lord has given to me. And so our topic tonight is high, H-I-G-H, high for Jesus, just keeping it spiritually real. (laughs) Keeping it real, keeping it spiritually real. So I've been working with acrostics for the last few months, actually, and so this is a a acrostic tonight that we are working with with high. And so the H and high, give me just, give me just a moment. I just want to check on something very quickly. All right, so yes, okay, I just want to check on something technically. Okay, but we're all good to go. So the H for high 
stands for heavenly. And, and <laughs> you know, I love dictionary.com. So in dictionary.com, heavenly means of or in the heavens, of belonging to or coming from the heaven, heaven of God, the angels, etc., resembling or befitting heaven, blissful, beautiful, divine, or celestial. And so I love, I love that God gave me this. And the scripture that God gave is First John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. And I'm going to read this. I think it's in the King James Version. I was going between the King James and the NIV. Um, but I believe this is the King James Version. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. And I want to focus on that last part. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. There are people in this world on our job, at our school if we're a student, and even in our family or in our church that think we are unconventional. They think that we are out there. They think that we're weird, that we're too much, that we're a holy roller, they think that we just march to the beat of our own drum. We do what we want to do, you know, say what we want to say. They don't really know us, nor do they understand us. And that's okay. Like, I used to have a problem with people who didn't fully understand me or, or didn't fully uh, grasp, you know, what I was saying or how I was feeling. But you know what? I had to get over it because First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 says, we are a chosen generation, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Yes. Um, and what's the third one? I'm forgetting the fourth one. I always forget the four. Holy nation, peculiar people, chosen generation, a royal priesthood, focusing on we are a peculiar people that we should show forth the praises of God who brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Y'all should know that scripture because I say it just about every single show. It applies to like everything, right? And so we are peculiar. We're weird. We're different as sons and daughters of God, and that's okay because Jesus was weird. He was different. He did things that were unconventional in his day. He was in the temple at 12 years old teaching. Let me tell you, the religious leaders, some of them who have been studying for years, were well-versed in the scripture for years. And Jesus, being a young boy, knows the scripture better because he is the scripture. He is the word, right? And so he was in there teaching the religious leaders. And they was like, who is this young boy trying to tell us? You know you know how it is sometimes with our seasoned um, members of society. But he knew the word because he is the word. And they thought he was he was different and he was unconventional. Even his parents were looking for him. They were like, where were you? He was like, you know, I was in the tent. I was about my father's business. And they didn't quite understand fully the full um, realm of who Jesus was. You know, they didn't have that full revelation at that time. And they had bits and pieces, so they didn't have the full revelation. They didn't fully understand God's purpose for being here and all that he had to do to lead up to the cross. And so people don't understand who God has created us to be. They don't fully understand the vision and the ministry that God has given us. They don't fully understand the destiny that God has placed within our belly, and that's 
okay. They don't have to understand it. It is important for us to make sure that we don't allow their misunderstanding to get us off course. We shouldn't let their misunderstanding deter us from who we are in Christ Jesus and from doing what called us to do. We can't let them sabotage us just because they don't understand. We can't let them sabotage us just because they're talking about us. We can't let them sabotage the plan of God within us just because they consider us weird or out there or a holy roller or unconventional. We must be heavenly. We must be the divine creation that God has made us to be. We must walk out our divine destiny in Christ Jesus regardless of what any Anybody else says about it, regardless of what they think about it, regardless of how they feel about it. There's a scripture in the Bible. I'm going to have to find out where it is. It says, let God be true and every man a liar. In other words, what God has spoken to you is your truth. You walk in that truth. You walk out that truth. And don't let anyone deter you or sabotage you. Sometimes they're just jealous because they want what you have. So don't let them, don't let, don't let them turn you around. Don't let them trip you up. Don't let them stall you. Go forth in what God has called you to be as the divine, heavenly creation that he has called you to. Amen. Amen. We are 100% flesh, but when but those of us who are in Christ Jesus, who have the Holy Spirit residing within us, we are 100% spirit. And we need to make sure that that 100% spirit is in charge of that 100% flesh. Amen. And we're walking out divine our destiny in Christ Jesus. We are heavenly, regardless of what we're doing, who we're around, where we're going. We are walking out in heaven as a heavenly being, as a beautiful, divine individual, son and daughter of God, resembling heaven. Our life should be a reflection of heaven. Our lifestyle should be a reflection of heaven. Our Speech should be a reflection of heaven. Our attitude should be a reflection of heaven. We are heavenly beings, and we need to walk that divine destiny as a heavenly being out so that the world will know Jesus is real and that he is love, peace, and joy, that he is everything that we need. Amen. Amen. So be heavenly. I is intensity. Intensity in dictionary.com is having or showing great strength, tension, that's intense. And then intensity, taking it a little further, a high degree of emotional excitement or depth of feeling. So I was like, God, what scripture in the Bible can go with the word intense? And I have one for you, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 through 19, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Do you all not recognize how intense 
God's love is for us, the breadth of God's love, the height of God's love, the depth of God's love, the length of God's love. God loves us so much. His love is intense. His love shows great strength. His love shows great feeling, great emotion, great excitement. No matter what we do, God loves us. There is nothing we can do or say that can get us out of the realm of God's love for us. Y'all know y'all like romances. Some men don't like it, but it's okay. Romances, when you see that man and that woman on screen, uh, you see them looking into each other's eyes, and you see them kiss, the intensity, some, not all love couples can really play it off because some actors and actresses aren't the best, but if you get you a phenomenal actor and a phenomenal actress, they get that love, that intensity of the love they have for each other, it just jumps off the screen, and you feel it, and you know that they are in love. Well, that's how it is with God's love for us. His love is in, it's even greater than the love any man can have for us, any woman can have for us. God's love is even greater than what our, the love our parents have for us. And y'all know parents, y'all love y'all children. Y'all love y'all babies, no matter how old they get. You know you love your kids. And so that even that intense love that you have for your child, God's love is greater than that. That intense love that you have for your spouse, God's love is greater than that. That intense love you have for your mom or your dad or your siblings or your grandparents or aunts, uncles, cousins, friends, that the love of God is even greater than that love. So I want you to understand the intensity of love that God wants us to show to our fellow man. God wants us to love our fellow man. No greater love than a man who laid down his life for his friend. That's Jesus. And there are those who will lay down their lives because they love their family and love their friends so much, right? And then the Bible says in, in the in the New Testament, I think it's in Matthew, it could be Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, a couple of them, all of them. I can't really remember. Y'all forgive me for not having this down, but I didn't write this scripture down. The first commandment is that we love God with all of our heart, all of our mind, and all of our soul. Second commandment is to love our neighbor as ourselves. We need to have that strong, deep feeling kind of love for our friends, for our family, for our neighbors, for everyone that we come into contact with. This is how the world will know that we are disciples of God when we show love one to another. So our love should be intense. It should be deep. It should be strong, so much so that the love that we have for others is felt by them and felt by everybody who is in that atmosphere at the time. People should know, sisters and brothers of God, people should know that we love them. Hallelujah. That we love them regardless of what they do, regardless of what they've done, regardless of what they will do. We have that intense, strong kind of feeling that we will love them. We will pray for them. We will take care of them. We will help them. We will offer them words of encouragement. We will uplift them, not talk about them, but uplift them with our words. We need to have that intense kind of love for our fellow man that we will be willing to help them out whenever they are in need.
Because think about it, God loves us like that. Regardless, God, every sin that we have ever committed, committing right now or will commit, God will forgive us. If we ask him, Jesus will forgive us. God will forgive us. His blood will cover us. He gives us that type of grace and that type of mercy in his love. And we should give the same type of grace for other people. I'm not saying that you should let people walk all over you or treat you any kind of way. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that we should love one another. We should give each other grace, mercy, forgiveness. All of that is encompassed in love. So we need to love our fellow man. And sometimes that love means correcting them. Yes, we encourage. Yes, we lift up. Yes, we inspire and admonish. But sometimes love means telling somebody that they need to get it right. Love sometimes means correcting. Love sometimes means telling our sister, our brother, our husband, our wife, our children the truth. And sometimes that truth may not be pretty. But we we are honest with them. We correct them because we love them. Amen. Amen. And so God is wanting us to love each other in these last and evil days where there's so much hatred in our world today. God wants his love, the love that he has for us, to shine through and overcome that hate. He wants the light of our love to overcome the darkness of racism and the hatred of of terrorism. He wants our love, the intensity of his love through us to overflow into this world so that others will know that Jesus is real and his love is real and his love can meet us exactly where we are and minister to us exactly where we are. The G for our high is greater. First John chapter 4, verse 4 through 6 says, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. So God is saying that the greater one resides within us. Who is that greater one? The Holy Spirit of of God. The Holy Spirit of Jesus resides in us. He is the greater one that lives inside of us, that helps us to love, that helps us to speak truth, to encourage, that helps us to Be kind to someone who we know does not like us. To show forth mercy to someone we know has talked about us. That's the kind of greater that is within us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God is saying that we have overcome the evil one. We have overcome his evilness. We have overcome sin. We have overcome doing things that benefit our flesh but don't benefit our spirit. We have overcome the flesh. We have overcome the world because the greater one, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, resides within us. And we need to live our lives out 
in a greater way, a, a way that reflects the greatness of God within us, so in, in live our lives in a way that reflects the Holy Ghost within us, that reflects the power of God within us. We need to make sure that we are not listening to the viewpoint of the world, that we we are not internalizing the viewpoint of the world, but that we see our life and the life of this world through the eyes of heaven, through God's eyes. We see things with a spiritual perspective and not a worldly perspective, that we know that God is speaking, that God is moving, that God is doing his work, and we are in tune to that. We are in tune to the great that is God and that we're doing what God has called us to do, that we're walking out in that greater or through that greater one who resides within us. Amen. So so like I said earlier in this show, don't let someone trip you up or sabotage what God is doing within you. Don't let someone get you off course because of their negativity. But you allow the greater one who lives within you to rise up and be strong within you so that you will have no reason to back down, to turn away, to shrink back. No, don't do it because the greater one lives within you. And that greater one, his his power within us and his authority in us is greater than that than that of the world, than that one who is of the world and over the world, and that's Satan, that's the devil. The power that is within us by the Holy Spirit is greater than the devil's power. So don't let the enemy trip you up through, don't let, yeah, don't let the enemy trip you up through people. Don't let the devil use people to trip you up. You stay firm and hold fast to what you hear the greater one speaking inside of you, and you be led by the greater one, that's Jesus. You be led by the Holy Spirit, by God, the three make one. You let the greater reside in you and lead and guide you and not that of your flesh, not that of the devil. Amen. So God is calling for us to be greater, to walk out in greatness, to let the greater one be the, the be the one who is stronger and who has the voice and who we're leading or who we're um, following as he leads us. So let the greater one be your guide, be your strength in the name of Jesus. Let him lead you into all truth. I promise you, God will never lead us astray. The Holy Spirit will never, ever lead us astray. The greater one lead and guide you. Amen. Amen. I want you to to read John 17, okay? Read John 17, specifically verses 14 through 17. That goes along with greater, okay? So I'm going to get to my last scripture, and it's high. I'm surprised that God gave me high within high, but H-I-G-H. And the scripture that God gave me is John chapter 12, verse 32. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. We understand that Jesus was lifted high upon the earth. When he was nailed to the cross, he was lifted high for all the world to see. He was um, accused of being a sinner. He was accused of blasphemy. He was accused of um, uh, equate, you know, equating himself to God, which was was that was a blasphemy considered a blasphemy 
to the religious leaders. He was accused of being king of the Jews. He was accused of being the savior of the world, the son of God. Yes, he was all these things. <laughs> he is equal to God. He is the son of God. He, he, he wasn't blasphemous. Let me, let me clarify that. He was accused of being the son of God, king of the Jew, equal to God. And yes, he was all of that. But see, where the people of his time, the religious leaders thought it was blasphemy and in actuality, it was the truth. He, he, that that was the truth. He is the Son of God. He is equal to God. He is King of the Jews. They just didn't know it because their hearts were hardened. And so Jesus, in his humanity, was lifted up upon the earth, and in his uh, spirit, in his uh, being a hundred percent spirit, in his uh, supernatural state, he took on the sins of the world upon his body. And so he was lifted up as a as a blasphemer, ultimately as a sinner. But we know that he wasn't a sinner because he could know no sin. But he did take our sin upon himself so that we could be free today. Sit up high for everybody to see. And he said that he would do the drawing. If he be lifted high, then he will draw all men into him. In his dying on that cross and rising on the third day, that gave Jesus full power, full authority to offer salvation to all who would receive it. Hallelujah. To offer healing to all who would receive it. To offer forgiveness to all that would receive it. To offer deliverance to all that would receive it. And he drew us, hallelujah, by taking our upon him on that cross, by his blood being shed, he took our sin, our shame, our guilt upon that cross. And in doing so, he drew us, hallelujah, because he did it because he loved us so much. And so he drew us with his love by dying for us as he was lifted on that cross. So we need to make sure that we're no not lifting Jesus back up on the cross, but that we are lifting Jesus high in our lives every day. We are lifting Jesus high by the way we treat people. We are lifting Jesus high in our praise and in our worship. We are lifting Jesus high by studying the word of God so that we will know God's expectations for us. We lift Jesus high when we pray for other people, when we pray for our family members, our coworkers, um, those who are suffering in our world, interceding for every person, every nation, every group of people who God puts on our heart, interceding for them. We, When we do that, we lift Jesus high. When we encourage those who need encouragement, we are lifting Jesus high. When we lay hands and, bring, and, and speak a word of healing over people, we are lifting Jesus high. When we share resources, resources to those that are in need, we are lifting Jesus high. Hallelujah. When we refuse to talk about people who talk about us, we lift Jesus high. When we choose to love our enemy and those who despitefully use us, we are lifting Jesus high. So Jesus is calling for us to lift him high in our day-to-day lives so that others will be drawn to us lifting him high. They will be to the light that bursts forth in us lifting Jesus high so that they will be drawn to Jesus, hallelujah, so that they will be saved and can live for Jesus.
themselves so they in turn can do some lifting, lifting Jesus high so that others will be drawn by them. So we need to make sure that we are heavenly in everything that we do, divine in everything that we do, that we are living out an intense love towards everyone we come in contact with, that we allow the greater one within us to lead us, guide us into all truth, and that we are listening Jesus. Hi. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining the broadcast on tonight. We will be back next Thursday. If the Lord delay his coming, we will be back next Thursday at 6 o'clock p.m. You don't want to miss what God is doing and what he is saying to us during this time. Amen. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this hour of teaching. Father God, I pray that the word will sink deep into the hearts of your people so that they will be transformed, so that they will look like you, talk like you, walk like you, live like you in Jesus' name. Help them to fully understand what it means to be high for Jesus, to be heavenly, to be in to be greater and to be high in Jesus' name. God bless every person that is still um, displaced because of the recent hurricanes that have affected our world. Bless every victim, Father God, every family member who lost a loved one in the Vegas shooting. God, bring comfort, God. Bring forth healing, God. Bring restoration. Bring peace, Father God, to Las Vegas, Nevada, And to this land, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. We bless you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Look, if you want to know more about the ministry, visit us at BeFreeMinistriesNC.Weebly.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash BeFreeMinistriesNC. Send us a prayer request, praise report, prophetic word to our email at BeFreeMinistriesNC at Outlook.com, or you may fill out the contact form on our website. Again, it's BeFreeMinistriesNC.Weebly.com. Come. Look, if nobody has told you that they love you today, I love you. We at Be Free Ministries, we love you. This is Be Free Ministries signing off.